You know, your mom gets really mad at me, Demonze, when I call you an idiot. Like real mad. Okay, well that well that that makes me sad that she gets mad about it because like that. Oh gosh. That oh, like you... might imply that I might actually be an idiot. And she's no. like, you know, don't call him an idiot. No, that's not oh. true, but that's funny. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm smart when it comes to the wait, what's that look, man? No, I just what, wanted what to that? hear where the sentence was you're, going. You're... <laughs> I'm just really excited to hear where the sentence is going. I'm smart when necessary, you know. There are some things that, you know, you live and you learn. There are a Listen. lot of things that I've done that make me look like an idiot that won't be done again. Um, yeah, they're exactly right. You just don't make the same mistake multiple times. That's true. Given some of your choices and situations, the fact that you found yourself in, the fact that you're alive speaks to a pretty high <laughs> level of intelligence. <laughs>
The Nets have been the Hawks for two years now. Maybe the Hawks have had more success. No one but me wants to acknowledge it. So why am I still talking about the Nets? Because the, the Nets were as much at fault for the Celtics losing game one as Jalen Brown was. And by the way, DeMonze, as a little shout out to you and the Celtics, I am wearing a shirt with a little four-leaf clover on it, but that's as much Celtics yeah. love as you're going to get from me today because here's the deal. <laughs> I don't. The Celtics made the second fewest two-point baskets any team has ever made in NBA playoff history. They only made 10 twos. You might say, they also well, made that, a lot of threes. They made a lot of threes, but that's what Milwaukee wants you to do. Milwaukee, the last two times they've played Boston, both games, Boston has shot 53s. And you might say, well, in today's NBA, that should work. It, it could work. But Milwaukee is so good at rim protection and so good at not fouling that if you're not getting free throws, you're not getting layups, you better be on fire from three. And they had 18 of them and got blown out. They had 18 threes and didn't score 90 points. And this is no different than a, a playing a video game and playing on rookie uh, mode and then all of a sudden going to all Madden. You're not ready for the degree of difficulty jump. So Boston played a team in round one that had no rim protection. The Bucs have the best rim protection in basketball. They played a team in round one that takes the worst shots imaginable. Milwaukee takes nothing but good shots. And in round one, they played a team that has no offensive game plan. The Bucs know exactly what they want to do. So in a game where Giannis goes nine for 25, Boston still gets blown out. And so I'm telling you this much, pal. It is a must win game two for Boston. If Boston goes down 0-2 at home, this thing is over before it starts. So it is a must win game two. Jalen Brown will be better. Marcus Smart might be better. But the worry for Milwaukee, for Boston is Giannis didn't have some explosion. But Giannis is to this point in his career where he can have a bad shooting night and still be the best player on the court by a mile. Control every facet of the game. Bonus take, Demonze, and I want your opinion on this before we move on. Okay. The alley-oop to himself. Now, you're a guy who one of your best traits basketball-wise was your athleticism, your leaping ability. And you're tall for regular humans, not super tall for basketball players. You're 6'3", 6'4". Giannis is 6'11". Right. Am I crazy for thinking that alley-oop to himself should be a part of their regular playbook? I don't know who can guard it. If he gets midway down the paint, and throws it that high off the backboard to himself, I I think that should not just be a break glass in case of emergency play. I think they should do that twice a game. What's your opinion on that? As someone that could execute I mean, that it was, it was, it looked pretty easy. And I, I mean, and I know, I, I saw the way Jason Tatum was looking after that happened. It yeah. definitely seemed like it kind of took them out of the game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, how easily he executed it, yes. I mean, that should be a thing that they do if, more often. If Robert um, Williams isn't in the game, if the tallest Celtic defender is Al Horford, who can't jump, then I think you got to do that. I think that's actually like a little hack of a great way to get two points. All right, what's next? What are we doing now? That's and I'm going to hit the clock today through hell or high water. If yeah. you're watching, yeah, we, we have 10 minutes on the clock. I'm going to hit it. Go ahead. What's next? What are we doing now? The Warriors win game one against the Grizzlies. Yep. Even with Draymond getting ejected. Uh, Jordan Poole went crazy. Uh, John Moran is going to have to, I mean, but Memphis, you know, still stayed in the game. Mm-hmm. John Moran's going to have to play some of his best basketball if they want to win the series. Yep. Uh, 
But, you know, he's still super young, but he's the best player on a two seed. What are realistic expectations for a John Morant in this series? I think he lived up to him in game one. I thought he was excellent in game one. He missed the potential game-winning layup. But, I mean, what was he, 34-9-10? and 10? <laughs> I, I think the – no, I'm serious. I, 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 the, I'm not being sarcastic about this. I think that – Okay. I, I picked Grizzlies to go to the conference finals before the playoffs. I started feeling terrible about that pick midway through their series against the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves right. are just such – they just play such a dumb brand of basketball that it overshadowed the fact Memphis didn't execute great at the end of those games. And yesterday, how did they execute at the end? They're up three, Clay Thompson open three. The 39 seconds left after the Clay Thompson three, they don't push the basketball. They don't get a two for one. Instead, Ja gets stripped. Now, I did like the play they ran at the very end of the game, but they should have had more time than that, than 3.6 seconds. But they took forever to commit the fouls because uh, they had to commit two uh, just to get in that spot. And they got, if we're being honest, very lucky Clay Thompson missed both free throws. Here's the other big concern yeah. for Memphis. They they didn't out-offensive rebound Golden State. That is their one clear-cut advantage. Well, uh, two, pardon me. They have two clear-cut advantages. One is, with Clay being where he is at this point in his career, there is no one on Golden State that can stay in front of Ja. But the other clear-cut advantage has to be offensive rebounding. But I'm really worried about Memphis. Memphis had to find a way to steal that game that they had no business winning. But Draymond got ejected. Steph wasn't very good. Clay wasn't very good. Josh scored 30. Jaron Jackson had the game of the best game he'll have all series, and they still lost. So I'm Memphis. I'm incredibly concerned that this thing could get at this series could get out of hand quickly. But I think Ja, through game one at least, is doing about any everything you could have asked of him. All right, what's next? Fair point. Taping before game one at Philly and Miami. Joel Embiid is going to miss a few games because of his face injury. Yep. This could have all been avoided if they just won the series in four to five games. That's but, true. you know, they, they still got Harden, and that's exactly why he's there. Is it crazy to think that Philly could still win this series? And how much blame does Doc get for leaving Embiid in during a blowout and that so, leading to an injury? Yeah, I, let me defend Doc Rivers for a moment here. Because this is the definition of Monday morning quarterbacking stuff. Because we all, or a lot of us in the media who have TV shows, were on TV Friday, and none of us were criticizing Doc Rivers because we didn't know Embiid had got hurt. Nobody was like, by the way, why was Joel Embiid in that game? It's only after you find out later in the day that Embiid's hurt. They're like, oh, it was so dumb to have him in the game. The Raptors starters were in. I'm fine with Embiid being in. This is bad luck. But to your original question, yeah, I think the media is overrating. It, let me restate it. I think Philly's got a better chance than the media is giving it. I don't know if you saw ESPN has 20 NBA writers pick every series. All 20 picked Golden State. All 20 picked Phoenix. All 20 picked uh, Miami. And the only one that was split was uh, Celtics uh, Bucks. And 13 of the 20 picked the Celtics, by the way. But if the first two were in Philly... I would feel like this would be worse for the Sixers because you, you need to win your home games. But at, in a 1-4 matchup, if you're the road team and you fall down 0-2, then you go home for the next two. So even if they lose these two games without Joel Embiid, because I think they'll be back by game three, they're alive. But the idea that right. they have no chance to get a split against a Miami team that's pretty banged up themselves, I think that's crazy. 
I think they they do need one throwback Harden performance. But when I say throwback, I don't mean to four years ago. I mean to four weeks ago. Harden, his first two games with the Sixers was outstanding. And he was very good in game six, by the way, against the Raptors. So I, I picked the Sixers before the playoffs to be in the conference finals. I'll stick with it, assuming Embiid's back by game three. And I think there's a very real chance that they steal a game in Miami. Maybe they steal this one tonight, but maybe by the time you hear this, they've already, it's one nothing Philly. But even if it's not, I think they're alive. All right, I said I was going to hit the clock. Not a lot of time left. What's what's next, Amanze? Oh, God. Chris Paul had one of the most amazing playoff games ever. Yep. Devin Booker is back. Yeah. The Mavs barely beat Utah. <laughs> uh-huh. Your case is that Lucas' experience in Sylvania in the Euro League uh-huh. counts towards the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Um, since we're taping before game one, it's yeah. your last chance. You can you can take back your pick of the Mavs, but this is the last time that I'll allow it. No, I, I, why would I want to take it back? Luca is currently the second best basketball player alive. It is Giannis one, Luca two, and a fight for third. He is the best player on his side of the bracket. He will be the best player in this series. And by the time people hear and see this, he probably will have already dropped 40 in game one. The Mavs are going to the finals, and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com right to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot right. Your mental health journey begins here. Welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright podcast and YouTube show, along with my co-host, who is not an idiot, Demonze. Demonze, <laughs> what are we starting with for the second segment of today's show? Let's start off with some mad quarterbacks. Yeah. Lamar Jackson was pissed when Baltimore traded Hollywood Brown. Yeah. And Green Bay passed on a wide receiver in round one again. Mm-hmm. It feels like Green Bay and the net and the Ravens are purposely mm-hmm. trying to piss their quarterbacks off. Mm-hmm. Should teams be more focused on making their franchise players happy? Uh, so listen, in, in certain situations, yes. In these two specific situations, no. So the, you know how the Packers made Aaron Rodgers happy? They gave him all the money he wanted. The whole, we, we learned this whole thing was about money. Money, power, respect. He wasn't getting the power, so the, they gave him the money to show him the respect, and now they're going to run the team how they see fit. A lot of people thought they're going to draft a receiver in round one. Rodgers told McAfee, 
hey, I knew who they were targeting in round one. Once those guys weren't available, I wasn't surprised they didn't get them. Now, the draft Knicks will tell you that the Packers reached on that linebacker in round one, so maybe that should be a little concerning. And then the Packers didn't, you know, they actually reached with their first two picks because they, of course, had the extra pick thanks to the Devontae Adams trade. Maybe that's concerning, but I think Rodgers is perfectly content given the fact he got paid. The Lamar Jackson Hollywood Brown thing is very simple. The Cardinals got fleeced, giving up a, the 23rd pick of the draft for a guy who is not one of the 23 best receivers in football is such a total win for Baltimore. They need to communicate that to Lamar. What was weird was that Lamar, according to Hollywood Brown, he told Lamar he didn't want to be there. He knew Lamar knew that Hollywood wanted a trade and Lamar still seemed all shocked by it. And so, but they've got to sit Lamar down and say, we are one of, if not the best run franchise in the NFL with, with our first, first round pick. We got a guy who could have been a top five pick in Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame with our second first round pick instead of a, you know, a third, fourth tier wide receiver in Hollywood Brown, who was about to become more expensive. We got a center who could be the starting center here for the next 10 years. Center is the safest position to draft in the first round historically. Centers that go in the first round, 100% of them, I heard this during the draft, have gotten a second contract in this league over the last 20 years, which means there have been zero true busts. And you just got to tell Lamar, like, if A.J. Brown nets the 18th pick, the fact of the matter is that you could get the 23rd pick for Hollywood Brown is just it shows that the Cardinals don't know what they're doing. The Cardinals are an example, if you ask me, of a team trying too hard to uh, appease their quarterback. I think I think that Kyler Murray wanted Hollywood Brown, so they went out and got him, and they paid 180 cents on the dollar for him. And so I, I think that there are certain star players you need to acquiesce to their demands. These two specific instances, I understand what the teams did, particularly the one in Baltimore. I think that was very simple. Arizona called up and said, we want to give you the 23rd pick for Hollywood Brown. And Baltimore, Eric DeCosta in Baltimore said, deal, no take backs, call over, send it in. <laughs> hey, you, you, don't, you don't wait on them to reconsider that. All right, now I think we're playing a game, this or that. Demonze, what's first up? Patriots drafted quarterback in the fourth round who also sets the records for most passing yards in FBS history. Yep. Mac Jones should be worried or not worried. Oh, he should be worried. He should be worried because no matter what, this is a bad sign. The first option is the Patriots are not sold on Mac Jones and they want some Mac Jones insurance. That's not a good sign. The second option is they're trying to motivate him, trying to add a little chip on his shoulder like, hey, Mac, maybe a little less time in the trademark office and practice in your gritty and a little more time grinding <laughs> tape. Uh, that wouldn't be a good sign. Option three is the one I think. The Patriots flatly just don't know what they're doing. That they, they're they a terrible drafting team. That Belichick has lost his fastball and his slider and his changeup when it comes to the draft. None of their picks made sense according to the people that's... They, listen, I'm not someone that has their own mock draft, but I know what the mock drafts say. I know what the, the supposed experts on TV say, and they were all unanimous that the Patriots had the biggest reach of the first round, a massive reach in round two, and I loved the fact that my Chiefs made two separate draft day trades with the Patriots because I look at the Patriots as the sucker at the poker table. You want to keep doing business with him. You want to keep getting in hands with him. And so I just, I think the Patriots, 
are they, they did this a lot with Brady, where they would use mid-round picks on quarterbacks that aside from at the Jimmy G, you could say panned out. Jacoby Brissett, I guess you could say panned out kind of, but neither one did anything for New England except for the four games when Brady was suspended for cheating. And the Patriots got back for Jimmy G what they had invested in Jimmy G. Like I, and for Jacoby, they got back less than what they had invested in him. Like I don't, I don't think you, we talked about this last week. I think using mid-round picks on quarterbacks is almost always a fool's errand. And Warren Sharp tweeted, this is just the third time in the last 30 or 20 years that a team has spent a top 15 pick on a quarterback and the very next year spent a first four-round pick on a quarterback. The other two times it's happened was Josh Rosen, who went 10th overall, and then the Cardinals totally gave up on him and took Kyler number one, so that's different. And the Texans, when they took David Carr number one overall and then Dave Ragone in the fourth round 20-some years ago, and that was, you know, that was the Texans, not a well-run team. So I think Mac should be worried because it's either because they don't believe in him, they want to add motivation, which he shouldn't need to have added, or they don't know what they're doing. I think it's they don't know what they're doing. All right, what's next? I hope Mac Jones hears that. But yeah, okay. uh, choose to give a pep talk to one. Carl Anthony Towns or Baker Mayfield? Oh, I'd give one to Baker. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns needs a pep talk. I think Carl Anthony Towns yeah, needs, needs a, a stern check. lecture. I think Carl Anthony Towns... <laughs> Now, I, I am sympathetic to Carl Anthony Towns because during COVID, his family was decimated by COVID and he had to deal with so much death and so much loss that I'm sympathetic to him as a person. But on the court, his lack of maturity is so jarring and the preening is silly. His lack of understanding of time score situation, that three he took with three some minutes left will just resonate in my brain for weeks to go in the NBA playoffs. So Carl Anthony Towns, I just think, buddy, you just finished year seven. You're bad on defense. You take dumb shots. I just, Baker needs a pep talk because this thing looks like it's going to drag on even longer. And this is an uncomfortable situation. At this point, I wonder if the Browns are trying to get some clarity on what if, what if post, you know, Major League Baseball just suspended Trevor Bauer for two years. What if the Browns are now worried? What if the NFL doesn't suspend Deshaun for six games or eight games or even 10 games? What if they suspend Deshaun for a full season? Do we actually need Baker to play next year? Like whatever it is, it's not a great situation for Baker Mayfield. So he's the one I would give the pep talk to. All right, what's next? Poor guy. Stranger moment. Odell reporting Debo to New England or Draymond celebrating his ejection? Listen, Odell was just being a goofball on Twitter. Draymond's like total mental break after being ejected was a it was vindication for the officials. I don't. Dr Draymond's out here saying it's a reputation penalty, maybe a little bit, but you know the other reason you got a flagrant two was probably because you committed two flagrant ones on the same play. You whacked him in the face. That's a flagrant one. You grabbed his jersey and pulled him down. That could be a flagrant one. And if the refs had any type of, you know, question about, oh, is this right to kick him out? The fact that he ran around the court like a total maniac vindicated their decision. But here's the other thing that, is, that matters. Draymond Green, when he was suspended for game five of the NBA Finals in 2016, here's what happened. He got a flagrant two 
at the end of a round one game against the Rockets for body slamming Michael Beasley. That's two flagrant foul points. At four, you get suspended. He got a flagrant one for kicking Steven Adams in the groin in the conference finals. And then for what in game four of the finals, he punched at LeBron's groin, got a flagrant for that. That He didn't get suspended for what he did to LeBron. He got suspended because it was his fourth flagrant foul point. Well, now he has two flagrant foul points, two more, and he's suspended. I got a question for you. You don't think Chris Paul or Luka Doncic, two of the most irritating, S-talking players in the whole <laughs> league, are going to get under Draymond's skin to the point to where he takes a swipe at one of them? I would bet he does. And so Draymond like did not learn from that lesson and this whole, oh, woe is me. I would argue Draymond's rep works in his favor when it comes to his ability to scream at officials. He gets away with what would be technical fouls for 95% of players in the league because, oh, that's just Draymond being Draymond. So, But I thought his reaction after being ejected was total lunacy. All right, what's next? Best dad, Jaws dad, or Jeremy Ruckert's dad, who went absolutely nuts after he got drafted by the Nets. I think they're both great dads, but T. Morant seems to be a ton of fun. And I loved that when T. Morant was asked after game six by a local reporter about what he thought of Ja's performance, he's like, ah, Ja was trash this game. And Ja has said that my dad's my biggest hater. And he was showing it there. I love the fact that he's courtside for all these games. If you know their story, he poured so much time and energy into his son. And the fact that he now gets to watch him on this stage I think is so exciting. So I, I give him, listen, Jeremy Ruckert's dad, that moment was great too, but I'll give it to T. Morant. We'll be right back with a story about me hitting a parked car. <laughs> Sweet. Are you ready to take control of your health and conquer your weight loss goals? Look no further than Factor, your ultimate solution to better eating. Each Factor meal is always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. No more waiting around or spending hours in the kitchen. Just heat and eat. It's that simple. Over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor ensures you'll never get bored. With more than 60 add-ons to help you stay full and feeling good all day long. Pancakes, smoothies, and more. With Factor, there's no prepping, no cooking, and certainly no cleanup needed. The best part? You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Sign up and save because we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Eat better, feel better, and conquer your day with Factor. So what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off. Fuel up eat better, and achieve greatness. Get started today. All right, welcome back in. Final segment, What's Right with Nick Wright Podcast. Please like, rate, subscribe, review, and check out our weekly series. It comes out every Sunday on YouTube and on your podcast feeds, the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. So, Demonze, this is such a bad beat for me in every way possible. So let me give a little context here. 
Okay. So like, okay. you know, I don't know if we talked about on the show, like six months ago, your mom gave me a hard time about the uh, car needing new tires. And I was like, we do not need yeah. new tires. We just got the car. You're wrong. And then like a week later, I was driving with her and one of our tires went flat. And she was like, oh, we don't yeah. need new tires. So then I made an appointment to buy four new tires in between then and when we got the new tires, we, another tire went flat, but when she was driving, you remember that? And it was like, yeah, she just got, got it. The, you, got, you got out of the car and fixed it. Like on, I got out I, of it, I, the car and fixed it the first time. Then I had to go fix it the second time. Whole thing was a disaster. And the biggest disaster was I argued with your mom about something and then was just proven dead ass wrong. And I hit right. the clock for segments one and two. I'm going to need a little extra time for this one. So like a week ago, man. Your mom and I are driving. Because you know when she and I are in the car, I drive 100% of the time. So a right. week ago, your mom and I are driving. And she does what she loves to do, which is tell me about my bad driving. And I just couldn't right. take it anymore. And I was like, you know what? I think I, I don't want to fight. I think, though, I'm going to take a break from driving. I think I'll start being <laughs> the passenger. Like, you don't like how I drive. I'd rather just chill anyway. She's like, oh, she's, but she just I was like, insulted you out of the past. Just insulted at me crazy. out of driving. But, and I'm like, I don't want to fight. But that, of course, leads to not a fight, but a discussion, right? right? And at one point during the discussion, I'm like, babe, we've been together almost 15 years. I've never been in a car accident. I was like, do you think that's just luck? And she said, basically, yes, I do think it's luck. Because she's been in a few, and I don't say anything <laughs> about her driving. She's like, yeah, I do think it's luck. I think you're a bad driver, and you're just lucky you don't get in accidents. I'm like, okay. I think my record speaks for itself. That was one week ago. All right. Welcome we'll to fast the team. Forward, we'll fast forward to yesterday. So I, on Saturday night, uh, had a few cocktails with, I'm not going to name names, with someone I work with here at Fox. And I, I, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave my car at his house and Uber back to the hotel because I've been drinking. Smart man. And do, the, and do the responsible thing. So Sunday morning rolls around. I wake up. I Uber to my buddy's house. I don't knock on his door or anything. I just Uber to where my car is. Make a U-turn in this residential street. I am 20 feet from where the car was originally parked going in the other direction because I've made the U-turn. I'm kind of like, you know, over on the other side of the street and a damn cat darts into the street. And instead of stopping, I try to swerve and I just crush this hundred thousand dollar BMW parked on the side of the road. I mean, just, I'm driving this Jeep and I just nail it and like almost drive up on the car. Bang my head on the Jeez. steering wheel the whole nine. It's a loud enough collision that my coworker heard it from his house, didn't know it was me, came outside in his pajamas. And I'm in the street having wrecked his neighbor's car. Okay. And so now I have, I'm driving a rental. You got some I, money problems now at this point, I assume. 
Well, let's be honest. I don't have a money problem, but there will be <laughs> there will be some a financial penalty associated with this because right. I, I I mess up this dude's car. I'm in the rental. I didn't get the insurance on the rental because those things are a scam. Like my car insurance follows me, but I'm right. sure it's not going to be an easy process. I'm sure. And so I this happened yesterday. I you know I've contacted and and connected with cuz by the way I couldn't find the guy whose car it was. I knocked on every door in the neighborhood, so I just left the note on the windshield and left a, my number with someone who's walking down the street because they said they knew the person. Um right. so I I've gotten in contact with him and sent that person all my info. So I know like that's going to be taken care of. But I haven't even called right. the car rental place yet. I don't even know what to tell him. You just, just got a you just got a messed up Jeep, right? How bad's the Jeep? It's not great, buddy. It's not great. None of it's great. I mean, it's uh, like a. It, and, and the car I hit was not what we'd call a cheap car. It, you know, right. it's not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to pull the old Demanze, which is, hey, how about <laughs> we meet and I give you fifteen hundred bucks in a parking lot? It probably pays for the vehicle. That 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 ain't gonna fly here. This is gonna be a real thing. <laughs> That is impacting oh, my life now. And the worst part of all of it, worse than the money, worse than any of it, is that your mom now oh, God. gets to be like, oh, you don't get in wrecks, huh? You just hit parked cars. Just, and, yeah, and as soon as like... she, I was supposed to pick her up from the airport. That's what I was doing. I was on my way to pick her up from the airport. And I had to text her and tell her, oh, you got an Uber. A oh, you don't want to get up? I'm like, no, I got up. But. The cars, <laughs> it's drivable-ish. So yeah, so that's been part pretty of my soon, trip to LA. Pretty soon you're going to be a two and three type, two and three train type of guy. Oh, oh, a callback to how me roasting you when you're trying yeah. to get the Dodge Challenger. That's a great yeah, thing. You, you know what? You get the walk-off line. You're sitting in the big seat today. You get the walk-off line. That's today's show. Range Rover privileges revoked. <laughs>